The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, it's Watt Harris another Panther Ranch podcast. It's uh, Tuesday, we're heading back to work. Or some of you may have already been there already, who knows. I mean, I just got done dropping my kids off at school, and, you know, it was the first time I had to do the kid drop-off thing, and, I, and you know, I'll give, uh, you know, my kids' school a, some props. They, um, they've done a really good job with addressing the whole traffic and things with the uh, kids' drop-off, because... Dropping off your kids, you know, can be a stressful thing sometimes because of how, for one thing, you have, you know, we drive on the street, you got two lanes. You got the, the school lane and the uh, regular lane. And people around this time of the year get confused. They they drive in the school lane and then they then at the last minute they realize they're about to go pull in the school. So they try to get over rather than just drive, you know, drive through the school lane and just be done with it. They cause more commotion. But, you know, the school's done a good job with that. But then pulling in the school has been a challenge as well because, well, you got parents who don't want to really wait through that line, so they try to find ways to drop off their kids in, in some pretty pretty creative and dangerous ways. And then, of course, you got those parents that want to hug on their kids for five minutes while everybody's waiting to drop the rest of their kids off. You got that. And you got some kids who, you know, are, you know, have that transition to, you know, from, you know, what school they were at to an actual school where, you know, you have to actually walk in and you're by, you know, you're pretty much doing, you know, big kid stuff. And some of them latch on their, their moms and dads screaming and crying and schools have to pull kids off of them with the jaws of life. So, you know, there you go. Anyways, guys, it was a wacky weekend of college football, somewhat. Um, I took a big uh, loss last night, as I as I said, I was I preached about Florida State, you know, this being a trap game, and Virginia Tech just beat the crap out of them. So I'll gladly take the loss on that one because I was wrong, and you know that's why you know I don't get paid to do this stuff because I'm not really good at it, and for one, I'm not really good at it, and. Second of all, I don't really command a demanding audience. I mean, I love my audience, but you know, I'm just saying I'm not really I'm I'm small, but I'm small potatoes. Maybe maybe more, lots smaller. But they lost, and pretty much, people, you know, I'm sitting there laying down watching this. I'm thinking to myself, well. Clemson and Virginia Tech is going to be an exciting championship game for the ACC. But it's a long season. Clemson, obviously, is going to probably run the table of their division. They got A&M next week. This week coming up, actually. 
Tech, on the other hand, has to play in a coastal. And here's the thing: we our 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 division's one big brawl. So I'm not convinced Tech's going to run the table in our conference yet. They're going to get beat up by one or two one or two of us. Second grab in the in the Atlantic division is pretty much up for grabs now. It's anyone anyone can have that. Anyone can have second place in the you know, Atlantic if they want. But uh, coastal is another mystery right now. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out more this week. You know, a lot of people were saying it was be it was gonna be Clemson, Miami. We all thought that. I wasn't buying Miami. You know, being LSU, and I said Miami is only gonna be as good as their quarterback play is because I can't really figure out a, a time they've had an actual, an actual decent quarterback. Yeah, they had Ken Dorsey. I mean, he was pretty good and. You know, obviously he spent some time in the pros. He didn't start. I mean, he wasn't great. And I think what he should did was after his junior year when he won the national title was he probably should have uh, declared for the draft because I think he'd have made a whole bunch of money then. Even if he was a bust, he could have, you know, made a, few, made, made a lot of money. But that didn't work out for him. You know, Rozier's a you know Rozier obviously is a mobile quarterback and is a dual threat. But the thing about dual threat quarterbacks, if they're not accurate, if you can keep them in the pocket, make them have them make the reads and try to you know make throws, it's they're, they're they usually are going to have a bad time, and that's what happened really. And that's the thing with Pat White, if you remember, guys in West Virginia. Pat White was very effective when he was on the move. If you if you kept Pat White in the pocket, Pat White was useless. You know if he couldn't if he couldn't scramble, he couldn't uh, make the throws he wants to make that he wanted to make. And I, you know he pretty much you know his last, the last time he played them at Hines, he pretty much cost West Virginia. That, that game because he made some really bad throws, and in the end we made him pay. So, Pitt obviously finished up their game. They beat Albany. They came out. They they kicked ass, and pretty much kept the ship a sailing. For most of the second half, and you know, and walked out of there. You know, Kenny Pickett did pretty well. The backs did well. So, we'll, we won't know much about Pitt until you know this week. Same with the co- same with the Coastal Division as well. well. It depends on how this game goes. You know, if Pitt beats Penn State. This, do we consider Pitt a serious contender for the Coastal? Do we actually take Pitt serious this time and say, "Hey, you know what? They may challenge. They may. They may challenge for this division this year." I think we'll know a lot after this game. But of course, Pitt has a tough schedule. They got Central Florida as well coming up, so 
I believe they have, I guess, uh, Notre Dame, yeah. Although Notre Dame's not really a division game, but still, regardless of what Pitt, you know, the point thing is this Pitt's conference record. But here, this game, we can figure out, you know, what this team's stock is. Because Penn State struggled against Appalachian State this past weekend. You know, it was funny because I watched, um, I think I flipped on the last five minutes of the game. and It was cool to watch Appalachian State take the 30-31 lead. But I had this feel, you know, but there was too much time on the clock. There was a minute 47 left. And you can't give Trace McSorley that much time. I mean, McSorley's obviously going to be in the pros. And he makes some really good throws. He's you know, he's a good quarterback. He's he can run. He can make, he can sit in the pocket and make throws. And he knows he knows where to place the ball as well. I used to, I used to think he was just some guy who threw the ball up and hopes hope guys would catch it. And I don't know his game, his game is pretty much picked up. Maybe, maybe it's him. Maybe it's part of this part of the scheme itself. Who knows? You know we'll we'll, we'll know more coming up. But um, once I saw that Penn State was uh, hesitant to return that kickoff and they run it all the way back to the 50, I figured that the game was pretty much going to go into overtime then because McSorley obviously did his thing. They got the overtime and they uh, eventually won. That's the thing with Penn State is it's all it's something with them always where they can where they can look like shit for 60 minutes but still come out smell like a rose. It's amazing. I mean, you could, you could. I mean, they're they're that person at work that you that you hate that they, that they suck at their job. You finally get to fire them, and then they win. Then, then they win the the, the five hundred million dollar Powerball. That's pretty much Penn State in a nutshell. Well, Penn State has to has to face Pickett this week. Pickett's kind of a similar quarterback as Appalachian State's. Both are mobile. Pickett can beat you with his pick. Pickett can beat you with his arms, arms and his feet. Pitt's also got a really solid ground game as well. So I'm sure Penn State's going to dial up a lot of blitzes and things like that to make us throw. And and we got the guys who can get who can get open, who can get in the space and get open. Defensively, it's another story. I, I you know obviously I've read that Pitt was betting betting not breaking on certain t- certain times and. And obviously, they had their work cut out for them because they got to deal with McSorley. Penn State's got two really good running backs in Slade and uh, Williams. Not Williams. Uh, Miles Sanders, I'm sorry. And Miles, obviously, you know, I'm not crazy about Whitfield kids. I don't think there's really been a, a running back out of Whitfield who's really made much of an impact in college football in years, maybe decades. And Miles, you know, Miles Sanders, obviously, is going to looks like he's that guy who's finally going to break that and Pitt recruited the hell out of him back in the day and obviously there's a reason why Pitt recruited the hell out of him he obviously looked really good so we'll see what happens there that being so Willie Taggart I mean people harped on him I guess about his play calling and stuff and Billy did really well at South Florida, so 
or no, not South Florida. It was Oregon when he left. He lost a bunch of places. I wouldn't be too hard on him yet. It's still early. Uh, Michigan obviously lost lost to Notre Dame. You know, twenty four seventeen and. You know, Jim Harbaugh, he keeps his fertility going as, you know, he lost, you know, another big game. I mean, this was, I mean, this was a conference game, but still it's Notre Dame, Michigan-Notre Dame. He just couldn't do it. But, uh, you know, obviously he's got a lot to deal with. I mean... He's breaking the quarterback, and he's had so much going on with his staff and players. But still, I mean, Michigan, obviously, their fan base does, is not very patient. And I know he's a Michigan man himself. So, they're, I guess, they're going to probably give him as much leeway as possible, as much time, because he is a Michigan guy. I mean, for God's sakes, we gave Dave once that. Lord knows how many years because he had to build the program and by the time he built it we, we ended up firing him because you know we had two really good years and last year was a thud and of course we had a whole bunch of off, off season stuff come out and and he didn't like his him, as a, him and the athletic director didn't like each other But there's a lot to you know go through there. You know, Washington lost a big game to uh, Auburn. It was a close one. Like I said, I didn't see Washington go all the way, all the way down and winning that game. I think if they would have, they would be more taking more seriously. But it's a long season for them. I mean, we got like 11 ga- ga- of these games to go, so they could still uh, win their division, win, win their conference, and hope you know figure out the whole uh, college football playoff picture, how that's going to go. Because Bama is obviously going to roll through uh, their league like they always do. Not sure about LSU, though, because, you know, LSU, they play, they play a bad Miami team, so who knows? Who knows? Maybe LSU's offense is going to pick up, and maybe this was all Matt Canada. But speaking of Matt Canada, he went. Uh, he beat uh, Texas in his coaching debut. He beats Texas at home, and that's you know that puts a lot of heat on Tom Herman because um, Herman had like success in Houston. Now all of a sudden, he goes to Texas, and well, he's in his second year, obviously, and they were expecting big things out of him, and he got him the bowl game last year. But I think Texas fans are just going to be—they're going to be more patient. And I'm sure the media's going to jump all over this because they, you know, they got rid—they got rid of Charlie Strong, but Charlie, obviously, you know. They are mediocre to Charlie, and for, for and then you know when you lose to Kansas, that's pretty much the end of your end of your uh, tenure. I mean, they gave Charlie, you know, Charlie could have had they could have given Charlie more time, but they weren't they weren't patient enough with him. 
Tom Herman, they'll give him more time because he's a Texas guy. He Mac, He's a Mac Brown protege, so he'll get everything he wants. But, uh, yeah, there wasn't any, there wasn't many crazy upsets I don't, you know, that, that we like to see. It was pretty much just your standard first weekend of college football. And we got plenty more to go, plenty more adventures to uh, look at. But, uh, you know, oh, yeah, there's one more thing. West Virginia beat the crap out of Tennessee. I thought the game would be close, but I don't know. You know, the way the, way the uh, Big 12 is looking, West Virginia could make a serious push to win that conference. And if we're being honest with, with ourselves, if there's any t- time for them to, to win that conference, it's probably this year. But they got to deal with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State yet. So... I think the Texas teams aren't that much of a worry. Maybe TCU's going to give them trouble, but those Oklahoma teams, they're tough. So they're going to have that to deal with. But uh, we'll wrap that part up of college football, and we'll talk more later this weekend because, you know, we got some games coming up. Uh... Let's see if we go through some other things here. Levy and Bella didn't report to camp or to practice or whatever, so obviously he's going to take a hit until he gets his contract, or or he's or he's just going to keep taking hits until uh, he has to come back. I mean, I saw this last year with Dwayne Brown in, you know, in Houston. He wanted a bigger deal, and the thing is, he was in the second year of the deal he just signed, and. Texas weren't going to give him any more than what they gave him. They're like, dude, you're in a second year of your deal. We're not giving you any more money. So Brown decided to sit out. And up to up to the eighth game, I think he had this when he had to resign. After there's some, some there was some sort of rule with that. So Loving Bell has till his eight till you know t- till then to sign his deal. And you know, you know, obviously the Pittsburgh media loves this because when you have when you have uh, so-called to- toxicity in your locker room, it, it, it's, it's a lot of drama. But you know, for um, for James Conner, this is a uh, this is a uh, audition for him, where he can where he can show people what he really has in terms of the NFL life. Because for Pitt fans, he has no, he has nothing else to prove to us at all. Not not a zip zilch. But now he has to show the NFL people that he can play in this league. Because I really didn't see him, you know, having the career that Shady has. I don't think he will, but I think he can have some productive years in the league. And speaking of that. Nate Pierman has been named the starting quarterback for Buffalo. And, of course, you know, I was reading some of the... I was searching Peterman's name, and, of course, social media went nuts over this. Because people can't get over that game Nate Pierman had where he threw five picks in his first game. But if you watch Pierman in um, preseason, he's much different 
from what he was, from when he, uh, from that game. He has a lot more confidence. He play, he throws a lot more confidence. He gets the ball out quicker. He makes his reads. Makes better decisions. You know, he looks a lot different. And I know starting Josh Allen is the sexy thing to do, and that's what I thought Buffalo would do. And people are saying, well, this is like Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson, where eventually, you know, Deshaun took over. I don't think that's going to happen in this case. I have a feeling Nate's going to take this, he's going to t- take this job by the balls, and he's going to, you know, put his mark on it. I don't think this is going to be a thing with Tom Sat with Tom Savage. And I don't know what happened with Tom Savage. Saints released him because they they wanted him. They tried him out. They sent him for a million bucks, and really they were trying to see, you know, what he had. If he would be a suitable backup for Drew Brees, and they ended up training for Teddy Bridgewater, and that was it. Savage did have a decent preseason statistic-wise, but he's not very mobile, and there's not much else to him right now. And I, I mean, I guess I think I think he'll still get a job in this league. But the thing is, I don't know if, he's, if he really wants a job. I mean, he's got a family, and if you follow the guy on Twitter, he does a lot of woodworking and all, all kind of stuff and he may, you know, he may just say the hell with it and be done with it. I think he likes I think I think he enjoys his life in Houston as well because that's where he was, that's where he's been and, you know, I think I think his wife and kid are still there as well and I think they, they did buy a house, I think if I'm not mistaken so who knows But, uh, you know, obviously there's a, there's a market for backup still. I mean, Landry Jones is, uh, is out there as well. You know, speaking of Houston, Jester Wea got signed to the practice squad. And they, they really like Jester Wea. It just... He needs some work. But uh, they, they like, they like, they love his potential. And I hope he figures it out because... You know, I think he has he had a lot of but he had he had a lot of pro potential. It's just a lot of the stuff he did was self inflicted on himself. But uh, we'll see what happens with all that. Um, finally, there's obviously social media obviously is blown up over over Kaepernick and Nike. And, you know, people are burning their, you know, burning their stuff and boycotting and whatever. I mean, let's keep a mind off a lot of stuff. Well, for one thing, Nike's veteran owned. Phil Knight, you know, he, he served time in the Army. Year of active duty, seven, and, you know, was a reserve. So you have that. A veteran, a, a veteran himself plastering you know, Kaepernick on his ads. And of course, on the flip side of it, I'm not sure if what, what Nike has donated you know, campaign-wise, because the reason why I bring this up is because people got all... Last week, people got all freaking all, all freaking out, all been out of shape because Water, uh, not Whataburger, uh, in and I donated 25 grand to some Republican thing. 
businesses do that crap all the time. They donate to both sides. So I'm not sure what Nike donated. I'm really this whole Kaepernick ad thing. Same thing. It's nothing really to get fired up over. Although it is funny to watch these people get all pissed off and want to burn their Nike stuff that they already paid for. Or cut stuff up. Because their money's already gone to Nike. And they're burning it. And you know, one, one person brought up, they, they don't like the fact that race was brought into this. And they feel it should be more about whether Kaepernick's a good QB or not. And there's a point there. Kaepernick, if anything, would be a backup in this league. It's just, I, th- I think what ultimately what was the downfall is he could probably, he was good enough to land a backup job at just the, the media circus around him. Not, 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 not so much on the left or from ESPN, the right as well, because both of these sides were using him for their page clicks and hits and what else, what, what not else. Ratings, and if NFL teams see that they don't, they don't want, they don't want. If, if it's something they don't want to deal with, they're not going to deal with it. But of course, he has that collusion case yet, and that's you know still go. That's still on, and maybe more from that collusion case will tell us more of a story of what's going on here. Why, why, of why he's not being signed. I mean, I think uh, if some, I mean, if, if NFL was so hard up about this. Or at least the owners. At least one team could have bitten the bullet and signed him, and it would, they would have ended all this, all this kneeling, all this discussion. They would, they would have ended it all because Kaepernick even said himself he was going to stop kneeling that next season. So I think if somebody would at least would have signed him, you probably eliminate the kneeling and what, what else? But it's still a mess. And, Eventually, all these guys are going to have to get together and just talk about this. <laughs> but till then, we got we got we got to go through all of it. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna let you guys have the rest of your day back. Thanks for listening. Hell to pit. I'll talk to you guys here Thursday or Friday. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.